previously on Adventure They Wrote. So the Countess will, will sort of waltz into the shop and have her, I suppose, her entourage behind her and sort of um, wave over at a, at a clerk. Follow my lead. I think we shall have a bit of fun here. I should like to introduce you to the Duke, Maximilian III. Yes, I understand that your fragrances are to die for. <laughs> mm, yes, it is official Duke business. And then <laughs> he will turn into the shittiest, shaggiest, ugliest dog you can think of. Doran will sit and put his nose up poshly and accept the wafts. Brad, you get all, you get through three of them before on the fourth one, you you hit it. Like That's the one. That is what you smelled behind Panana's Curios. I'll just turn back right away and be like, that's it, that's the one! You know, it's interesting. The Lady Antelis was just in recently to restock. She said that she had lost her previous bottle. Uh, and you get to the gatehouse, but the guardhouse is jumping. There's a lot of activity going on inside. Guards are sort of rushing in and out. Everyone seems very hurried. So as you enter the actual gatehouse itself, you see Croc at one end. And without stopping talking with the guards that he's talking to, he nods his head and kind of directs you over with one finger. Tell you what, Murphy, how about we go favor for favor on this? I got something I could use your help with. I might have a piece of information for you. What do you think? Were these places in the North Ward, the Castle Ward, were they all warded by the same company? He thinks for a second. Well, I'll be damned. They were at its home security. Now, what was the favor that you needed of us, Croc? Croc just kind of grins at Max, and he says, I'll send it over to the office later. They call it the City of Splendors. Crown of the North. To me, it's the home I never wanted. A gleaming spectacle if you're rich. A festering den of misery if you're not. Lucky for me, I walk my own path. I'd wager that you would too if you were in my shoes. Yeah, to some it's the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's just water deep. Okay, so where last we left, you guys had uh, done your preliminary investigation. You had, um, you know, inspected Panana's storefront. You had gone to find out maybe where that um, that particular perfume had come from, and then returning to the offices of the Waterdeep Detective Agency, you find on your doorstep a very well-dressed man in shackles, two guards accompanying him, one with a large and very angry looking black eye. On the ground next to the man, a birdcage with a parrot inside. And on the other side of the man on the ground, one of those leather doctor bags, just sort of resting there near his foot. And uh, as you approach the, the one of the guards, the guard with the black eye sort of, you know, kind of elbows his fellow guardsman and uh, uh, nods your direction, alerting him of your presence. Greetings, uh, gentlemen. Max will walk up and wave and say hello. Uh, the guard with the black eye um, kind of glowers down at you. You get the impression that it's not necessarily a personal thing. He's just having a bad day. And he says, uh, 
Hey, uh, you that goblin detective? Ah, uh, what gave it away? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I, I'm Max. Hi, nice to meet you. He is not impressed with your humor. Um, he just sort of hands down a wrapped parchment along with a key, and he jerks his thumb at the man on the steps next to him, and he says, Courtesy of Croc, this guy's your problem now. Is this the favor he mentioned? The guard shrugs, and he he starts walking away with the other guard, and he says, uh, I don't know, it's above my pay grade. Uh, hey, before you go, um, is it safe to unshackle him? He sort of glares at the man on the steps, one eye, you know, ever swelling closer shut, and he says, it's up to you. Um, all right, cool. Thank, thanks for this. Um, and send our warmest regards to Croc, because I'm sure he's going to be excited to talk to you. He sort of, like, waves his hand behind you as if, like, shooing <laughs> you away. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, he disappears down the street with the other guard. Max will turn around and will face our gift, our favor that we are doing for Croc. And uh, Max will reach out his hand and as if to shake the hand and, and say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm Max. Um, I'm the, the lead investigator here at the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Um, to whom do I have the pleasure? Hector. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's Hector. Uh, my name's Ledger, like the book. Hello, Ledger, like the book. Max is going to look at the Countess and the rest of the group and kind of say, should we just, should we just take him upstairs? The Countess messages Max and, and uh, she says, do you think it's safe? Max will respond. Ah, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I suppose it could get messy up there. I wouldn't want to clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, true. (laughs) Max will give Ledger the, the up and down, like the once over and uh, respond in message, not out loud. Uh, it looks like we've dealt with worse. I suppose you're right. She'll pick up the birdcage and walk up the steps. Max will look at Celine and will ask, hey, um, make sure that there's no funny business as we're going up the stairs, would you? Oh, of course. And then she's going to try to like play with the bird with her tail a little bit, though. Hector! <laughs> <laughs> Max will motion to the door and kind of motion for Ledger to follow the Countess up the stairs. Let me help you with that cage. It's quite heavy. Oh, I'm perfectly capable. Thank you very much. His name was Hector, was it? Yes. Uh, Hector and I have Hector. been together a long time. Please be careful. I suppose he has all your secrets then, does he? He never talks when you want him to. Max will ask Doran. Uh, hey, well, you, you want to grab the bag? Well, sure. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Ledger follows up, kind of keeping a close eye on on the bag and on Hector. Is it a big bag? It's for a gnome. Fairly large. It would be like if you imagine a doctor making a house call like that size bag. Mm. So like a large briefcase. So about your size, Brad. <laughs> He's like dragging it up the steps with two Door hands. Door just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a little kid with a suitcase. I can do it. Yes. 
There's nothing heavy in it, though. <laughs> Needs to use a, a wild shape to, to <laughs> you know, carry it up as a bear or something. <laughs> Get it up the stairs. <laughs> no, I got this. <laughs> to a giant spider just to web it up the stairs. <laughs> Once we get upstairs, Max will uh, direct Ledger to sit down in one of the not comfortable chairs and will walk over with the key and say, all right, I don't know why they have you locked up, but I guess I have to ask, are you going to be cool if we unshackle un uh, you? I also don't know why they have me locked up. Of course it's fine to unshackle me. Uh, all right, cool. And so Max is going to undo the shackles, uh, but I would also like to roll an insight check to make sure that this is all on the up and up. Oh, that's a natu natural 20 on the insight check for Max. Mm -hmm. Ooh, starting the session off strong. <laughs> Only one tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get the impression that this is on the up and up. You doubt very much that Croc would send someone to you that is a threat to you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you feel like your relationship now has gotten to this point where, like, there's sort of this mutual respect, kind of. You scratch my back, I'll watch your um, weird prisoner guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Doran is going to cast Speak with Animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, Doran using Speak with Animal, so he's actually speaking his actual language, not common, is going to ask Hector, this guy check out? Ahoy! He's a mean scallywag, but a good bucko. He's me hearty. <laughs> Doran will just look at the rest of the party and be like, it checks out. Max is going to uh, unroll the parchment and read the note from Croc. Okay, before I do that, I love the idea that Doran was like also speaking in parrot phrases. So Doran, like in speaking with animals, when he asked, does this guy check out? Doran is like, pretty bird, pretty bird. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Flapping his arms. <laughs> that would be very startling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Max, so you unroll the, the parchment that accompanied Ledger, and in it is written uh, at the, across the top, Max and the Waterdeep Detective Agency. The man accompanying this letter is named Ledger. He might not look like much, but he's caused me quite a headache in the last few days. He used to run the gambling books for the Luskin crime family, but is currently unemployed. Dot, dot, dot. He's trying to make a legit go of it, and I think you might be able to help. Put him to work. He's good at keeping the books. Also, believe it or not, he can hold his own if things get rough. Stay out of trouble. Crock. And then there's a semicolon and a greater than sign and a closed parentheses, which you know is an emoticon for turtles. <laughs> that's a turtle winky face. That's how he signs all of his correspondence. Yes. <laughs> so Max will hand the parchment to the countess and then walk over and make sure that the like the wrist shackles are off, the leg shackles are off, that everything is, you know, that Ledger is comfortable as, well, as comfortable as he can be in the uncomfortable chair in the office. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He'll look at him and say, uh, all right, so Croc says that you used to run the books and the gambling for the Luskin crime family, 
And since <clears throat> we had absolutely nothing to do with their disappearance, um, what uh, what's your what's your story? So Ledger kind of sits back and and relaxes now that he's unshackled, and he rolls up the sleeves on his his white shirt. And anyone with a, a natural perception of twenty two uh, <laughs> would notice that uh, that he has a fractal scar that's that you can see on his right forearm, and you also notice once you see it that he has a little bit of that near the collar around his neck. He just answers with, "Crocs guards found me with an unexplainable." amount of gold uh, that I was delivering to the Southward Orphanage. And uh, did you did you make the delivery or do you still have that gold? <laughs> Max looks around. <laughs> Kicks the doctor's bag. <laughs> it got where it needed to go. Excellent. And um, so uh uh, according to the to this note, you're uh, you're pretty good at keeping the books, and uh, you can hold your own in a fight. So, um, how can you help us? Help you? Help us? That's a fantastic question. My specialty is turning some money into more money and keeping things organized. And by the looks of this office, things are not very organized. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Max, so when he says he turns some money into more money, you hear like a cash register sound in your head. <laughs> the, the Countess humps a little bit as she uh, as she looks over at her, her area, which is, you know, rather impeccable. <laughs> yeah, Max's desk probably looks like crap, but... Every you know, everything else is is pretty neat. I mean, you know. Celine is just gonna lean in and be like, uh, "But don't look in the bottom drawer of that filing cabinet over there." What? <laughs> what, what do you? What do you? What? That's my drawer. This is the first that I'm hearing of this. It's fine, Max. Don't don't worry. Just don't don't look in that drawer. <laughs> An eerie an eerie green light kind of emanates through the cracks of that. Door. No, I'd agree. Don't open it. <laughs> uh, Doran's like doing the neck, the hand neck thing. Like, nope. <laughs> uh, the Countess would like to further uh, sort of inspect Ledger's scars. I'm thinking because she is a cleric, maybe she would be able to ascertain where they came from, maybe. She's proficient in medicine. She has a plus five there. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, roll a, uh, a medicine check. Uh, 13. Yeah, okay. So you, you recognize this as um, the type of scar one would receive after being struck by lightning. Um, and I suppose in, in the real world, we call them Lichtenberg figures, but they would have a different name in Feyrun because German physicist George Christoph Lichtenberg <laughs> likely wasn't researching in Kalimshan. Uh so we will call them Sparky Marks. What? Sparky Sparky, Sparky Marks. Marks. They have officially because it was a gnome. Yes, this is 100% what happened. <laughs> this is canon. I don't care what anyone says. A gnome was trying to build an invention that was powered by lightning because gnomes are insane. 
He was struck yes. by lightning. He received one of these scars, and he called it a sparky mark. So now, across Faerun, if someone is struck by lightning and receives one of these scars, it's called a sparky mark. The Countess is going to say, well, isn't this interesting? Uh, I have a sense that you're rather lucky, aren't you? Sometimes I'm lucky and sometimes I'm not, but uh, I'm still here, so I guess yes. And and Ledger looks a little kind of uncomfortable now that he notices that she noticed the marks on his arm and he kind of like moves his sleeve a little bit. He doesn't quite cover it up, but his body language kind of shifts where he's like, oh, I didn't really think about that until you brought it up. She messages him and just says, Don't worry about it, my dear. I won't call more attention to it. It is rather a lucky thing, though, to survive such a natural occurrence. Ledger kind of nods, uh, and he doesn't message. He actually says out loud, kind of as if he's not used to getting messages. Uh, Yes, it cost me a lot. She'll leave it at that. While everybody is uh, in conversation with Ledger, Selene is going to go over to the bag that wherever Doran put it down and start kind of rifling through it to see what's inside. Is that within view of me? Yeah, I probably would. The office is pretty open, so yeah, it would be it would be right in there. I assume Doran didn't get it very far. It's right by the door. Ledger doesn't get up, but he kind of half sits up a little bit like, be, please be careful with my pen. Oh, uh, oh what? She just starts, like, taking things out. Okay. So she starts putting him down. So inside the bag, there's a pen and a sealed inkwell, a small bag of gold, a set of dice, a really elegant set of thieves' tools, a very gnarly set of pliers, two black leather gloves, and two daggers. After Celine pulls all of this out, she's going to go, hmm... You've got quite the interesting collection here. What do you uh, use these for? And she's going to hold up the pliers and the black leather gloves. Keeping my hands warm and fixing things. Ah, fixing things. And she's just going to kind of like give him the look of like, I know what these are really used for. (laughs) I know the countess, the countess says, what sort of bookkeeping do you do? I used to work for people that had a lot of money and were owed a lot of money and sometimes I would have to help them collect money so that I could properly keep track of it. And just kind of looks puzzled as he answers. <laughs> Forensic. <laughs> Forensic bookkeeping. <laughs> let's let's uh, investigate that real quick. Um, so we... We know that you worked for the Luskins. Did you work directly for Odra, or did you work for one of her subsidiaries? I worked for Gruckin, and then after the incident, I worked for Odra. At this point, the Countess is, uh, she's just going to step back a little and just say um, quietly to herself, may you have some fortunate words to tell us, and she's going to cast Zone of Truth. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) Now... We all have to roll against that, right? It's a 15-foot radius sphere centered on a point I choose within range. So she's going to center it right on uh, Ledger. Max rolled a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) Max is going to be dropping truth bombs left, right, and center. (laughs) I feel like 
This is this is like that scene in the Justice League where Aquaman sits down on Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't want Celine to tell the truth. <laughs> what is what am I rolling a save against? Uh, Charisma thirteen. My roll is a six, so we'll, we'll assume that uh, that Ledger's going to be telling the truth. <laughs> Doran is not even gonna roll. He always tells the truth, anyways. <laughs> Doran's into it. He's just fine with it. <laughs> oh, it feels nice in here. Selene is as far back to the door as she can be, but still playing with the things that she found in his bag and like messing with the pliers and yeah, <laughs> just not totally engaged right now. She's just curious about what he's done with these, and she's inspecting them. <laughs> Is Hector in the zone of truth? 15 foot in that office, probably everyone's in the zone of truth. (laughs) I'm guessing everybody is. (laughs) Except for, yeah, Celine's just like pressed up (laughs) against the... uh... (laughs) Hector's save uh, was a a two on the dice. Uh, You can figure out what a macaw's... Uh, Charisma. <laughs> Charisma might be. Doran has a new best friend. Well, fortunately for everyone, Celine rolled an 18, so you're safe this time. <laughs> Doran's immediately going to ask Hector, do you like meat pies? And hold a meat pie up to Hector so he can smell it. I, I love meat pies. Be kidding me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Team meat pie. He's going to give him a meat pie. So Hector grabs the meat pie in, in, his, in his hand and... <laughs> He has like a little black tongue that he just sort of touches to the meat over and over again and kind of nods. And uh, he actually, he actually goes, mmm, and keeps eating. He's enjoying the meat pie. So Ledger is aware that a spell was just cast, you know, because something unusual happened in front of him. Yes. He's also aware that he's under the effect of it, so he knows he can't lie. Yes, and you, uh, everyone who is affected is aware that they're affected and has the ability to avoid answering the question. Avoid, yeah. You just, it, it, you can you can say, I would rather not answer that, but you can also, you know, I, as long as you're answering truthfully. I plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. Except Celine. Except for Celine. <laughs> Good thing I have a plus six on my charisma. <laughs> oh, did you roll a 12? Yeah. <laughs> so close. Like, oh, thank God. I thought you rolled an 18. No, and I was like, no, oh. no. I'm not that lucky. <laughs> All right, we're in the truth zone. Yes, Countess. What would you like to know? <laughs> Uh, uh, Max had asked uh, all that detail, so I wanted to make sure that she cast it before he <laughs> um, spouted out all the detail. How did it work working for the the Luskins? Uh, was there money laundering? Was there gambling? What was the what was the the backbone of that operation? And how did you make them more money? Max is a goblin, and Max is very greedy. <laughs> So Ledger, you know that the backbone of the Luskin crime family was um, smuggling both across Faerun, like down to Baldur's Gate, as well as smuggling all throughout the Sea of Swords. But they also had their their fingers in a lot of different pies. So gambling, arms trade, not so much like the vices. Um, they, they primarily just focused on the smuggling and then a little bit in kind of arms dealing and 
gambling. Countess, uh, I appreciate the gesture and how thorough you're being, but really I have nothing to hide. Max, if it fascinates you to know about what I did for the Luskins, it was really running their gambling books. Uh, It's their, their land operation, betting parlors, card games, dice games, really setting odds for extravagant bets and keeping track of where the money goes. Excellent. And, um, and what part of the, um, collection arm were you? Unfortunately, everyone doesn't pay right away, but they always pay. And you made them pay? And Max kind of looks you up and down one more time because you're a human and you you look like a well-dressed human, but not a not a bruiser. Mm-hmm. Celine in the background is going to clip the pliers. I would say I think he made them pay. You just hear <laughs> Max, do you really want to know something about collecting money from other people? I just want to make sure that you're not going to be a liability if you come out into the, uh, in the, into the field with us. Of course not. Gambling is entertainment. People love it. And everyone always pays. Fair enough. Welcome to the team. And Max will actually shake his hand this time. <laughs> you notice for his size that his grip is unusually powerful. Oh, nice. Oh. Ledger has a firm handshake. I like a good firm handshake. That's nice. That's nice. And it's uh, uh, you have you have come come to us at a uh, very opportune time, as I'm sure that Croc filled you in. Um, we are in the middle of an investigation, and uh, we need to figure out where we're going to go first. And Max will walk over to the investigation mural, or where the investigation mural is about to be rediscovered. <laughs> so, um, where should we start first? Well, I should like to pay a visit to Lady Antellus. Um, perhaps not at her manor, but somewhere out, out and about in her natural habitat and um, have a little chit-chat with her. Um, I suppose we should put up one of those swatches of uh, perfume that we received from the perfumery. Max will hand it to the Countess. She will pin it very neatly onto the board. And then just sort of like dust off her hands like she's accomplished a rather big task. (laughs) It's manual labor after all. (laughs) Perfect. Celine's going to take the pen and inkwell that was in Ledger's bag and find some paper and start writing down the names and see if it bothers him. Please be careful with that pen. Oh, I, I will. I promise. I'm very dexterous. Don't worry. And then she'll she'll bring a couple pieces of paper. So she's got Lady Antellus up here. She wrote down the name of the alarm agency. Wizard at its home security. And she wrote down the fixer. They run. So while this is happening, Ledger goes over and goes into his bag. And he... Ledger goes... And you know, puts his uh, his finger in front of his his mouth, you know, to like indicate this is this is a secret, and takes out the two daggers and kind of tucks them into the gray vest that he's wearing, uh, 
and says, the terms of my release are that I'm not allowed to take up arms within the city. So let's keep this between us. Oh, for a moment there, I thought you were shushing your daggers. <laughs> uh, so, so, so did I. <laughs> I thought it was the bag. I thought the bag might actually be a living thing, and I was really excited about it. <laughs> Is that a horde's person's bag? I've heard about those. Um, all right, so here's what we know. And Max will turn to Ledger and uh, kind of break down what we know. Um, our friend, Panana, I don't know if you are acquainted. Uh, she runs a curio shop. Uh, she had a very valuable item stolen from her vault. And uh, when we talked to Croc about it, we discovered that there have been other thefts of similar value and um, sentimental worth. And uh, we have been assigned both by Croc and by Panana to discover this this thief, this robber, this this brigand. Most importantly, we have to return the the Amini's dragon to Panana. It is uh, of uh, some considerable value to her. We have discovered that there has been a perfume scent at the uh, scene of each of these crimes. Um, we found a scent at Panana's shop and uh, we've traced it back to the perfume shop that it was sold uh, from. So, Countess, you're going to... Um, you're going to take that lead? Yes, I should like to do that. Celine wants to go into the area where the burglary happened by Panana's and just check the local businesses that, like, places that I've worked before and see if there's anybody that has seen anything or noticed the super strange exit that had no trace evidence. Got it. Doran will walk up to the investigation mural and poke at the wizard at its security and uh, he'll say it's a little bit fishy all the break-ins with the same security company must be an old employee or something we gotta check that out too Max will nod and he'll look at Ledger and say you want to uh, you want to join Team Small for the afternoon <laughs> oh I figured I'd just stay here and organize but sure um, well I mean I as much as I like that, in theory, right now, I don't know that I want to leave you in my office alone. And you probably don't want to be by that drawer by yourself. You really don't. What is in that drawer? <laughs> Doran knows. <laughs> Max looks very <laughs> frightened about something that's in his office. <laughs> Does this have to do with your flesh pouch? Uh, no. Not exactly. <laughs> Doran's just wide-eyed, shaking his head. I just imagine Doran just shaking. Like, not shaking his head, just shaking. <laughs> like a chihuahua. Yes. Uh, Ledger, before we part ways, I have a question for you. Um, are you capable of turning funds over on the up and up? I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, you said you were able to grow the wealth of these criminals 
I'm wondering if you're able to do so for, well, clients such as us. Legitimate businesses. Well, of course, there's all types of investments that can be made. She uh, she goes to her roll-top desk and takes out something from a drawer after she unlocks it and then locks it back up and then tosses him a, a pouch of coins. Well, let's see what you can do with that. Ledger kind of looks in the pouch, gives a little bit of a nod uh, and pockets it. Um, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, for now, it sounds like you need a little bit of help on the streets and oh yes i've been cooped up these last few days so i'm i'm also anxious to get some fresh air well i think we have all have a plan then do we i think so dorn ledger myself we'll head to uh, wizard Addit's security and uh, maybe we can maybe we can make a stop by the fixer after that let's let's get to it As the door closes behind you, Hector turns slowly and with his beady parrot eyes stares at the green glow emanating from the bottom drawer of the filing cabinet. I gotta be honest, as the lead detective and proprietor of the Waterdeep Detective Agency, that green glow coming from the bottom of my filing cabinet is really creeping me out, and I think we're gonna have to have a long talk with Celine. Maybe. We'll see. Hi there, I'm Jason, your producer, also Max the Goblin Detective here at Adventure They Wrote. Thank you for listening. Apologies for the shorter episode. I kind of messed up when I was doing my timing, but don't worry. We're going to make up for it in the weeks to come. We have lots recorded and lots for you to enjoy. So stay tuned. We were also introduced to Ledger this week, our new player. Our buddy Sam has joined us as the human Ledger. With Gilly Goodnight being out on assignment, Sam was kind enough to step in and play along with us. You're going to get to learn a little bit more about him and his character next week in our short rest and a lot more about him as the story progresses. It's going to be pretty good. I think you're going to like it. As we do every episode, I want to say a huge thank you to Tabletop Audio for allowing us to use all of their music and sound effects and all of that stuff. If you don't know about Tabletop Audio, you should totally check them out, tabletopaudio.com. Ten-minute sound loops and soundscapes and ambiances that you can use for any tabletop application. It's all absolutely free, but if you want to chip in, it's really easy. Tim has a Patreon. We're subscribers, and we take full advantage of all of the alternate tracks that Patreon subscribers have access to. So you should check them out, tabletopaudio.com. Also, as we do every episode, I want to say thank you to you for listening and for giving us reviews on whichever podcasting website or aggregator or app that you use. It helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. So thank you for doing all of that. That is going to do it for us this episode. Tune in next week for a short rest with the entire cast. And as always, tune in next time for more mystery. I suppose he has all your secrets then, does he? He never talks when you want him to. <laughs> Sounds like my wife. Can't pay for that one later. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope you have a nice couch. <laughs> so many spare. You're exactly. Oh. I love you so much. I love you so much, sweetie. I love you so much. And that was the end of Adventure They Wrote the podcast. <laughs> Because the DM died suddenly from tragic unknown causes in his sleep. <laughs> That'll do it for season two, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we've already determined that is how you win D and D.